This is Right From The Deep. I'm Karen Ball. And I'm Erin Taylor-Young. And this is the podcast from writers for writers, answering the question, why am I doing this? Right. As writers, editors, and a former literary agent, we're in the deep with you, encouraging you and equipping you to find your truest story in the deep places. Get our show notes and more, including a free audio download on how to safeguard your writer's heart at writefromthedeep.com. Hey, everyone. Guess what's happening at Right From The Deep? Well, first, as always, thank you to our patrons on Patreon. We are so grateful for you. You guys help make this podcast possible. And yay for you. Yay for you. And yay for you who are listening. Because this month, we want to give you a gift. It's a discount on one of our online Going Deeper workshops called Prepare Your Heart to Be a Writer. Writing and publishing are tough, and it's going to challenge your self-esteem and leave you vulnerable to attack on your writer's heart. Doesn't that sound like fun? But we (laughs) want to help you have a sure, solid foundation of trust and truth that it's so solid that nothing will shake it and nothing will derail you from the task God has given you. And because it's the Christmas season, instead of $49 for this workshop, for the month of December, you can get it for just $20. That discount is our gift to you for your support in listening. And who doesn't love a sale in the face of all the inflation (laughs) happening around us? So if you have a writer on your Christmas list or maybe you want to gift yourself, Check out the course at https forward slash forward slash right from the deep dot teachable dot com. And it's my turn to do a wonder this time. And guys, I mentioned, you've heard, that I was at the Florida Christian Writers Conference in October, and something so cool happened in the mornings. I'm a breakfast person, so I'm there, okay? I'm not skipping breakfast for nothing. (laughs) And so it started, like, as the sun was coming up, and the dining hall is right by the lake, and that just so happens to be where the sun would come up every morning, and one time I was walking to breakfast and I just stopped because it was breathtaking. It was just a breathtaking sunrise. And you know, what touched my heart even more was to see like 20 people lined up out in the field, all side by side, watching the wonder of God's glorious sunrise. You cannot see sunrises like that and sunsets, any of them, you can't see them without knowing that there is a God. And that is a wonder that God would reveal himself to us in that way. Amen. And now, here's the show. Welcome, guys, to The Deep, and we're glad that you're here with us in this Christmas season. We are going to be continuing our very cool interview with Eva Marie Everson, and we're just going to jump right in. So come with. The question, where did you come from and where are you going, which was the Genesis 16 question to Hagar, took me weeks to answer. I would write a little bit, put my journal away, write a little bit, and put my journal away. Because when it comes to the where did you come from, that's an answer that you can start with. Well, this is me. I come from a small town along the the low country of Georgia called Sylvania, right outside of Savannah. And that could be my answer. But then I started looking into who my parents were, what my home life was like, my teachers at school, my Sunday school teachers, my friends. 
activities. Grandparents, aunts, uncles, cousins, all the people who poured into my life, who made me who I am, and who helped shape some of the decisions that I made along the way, some of the choices that I made along the way, the good ones and the not so good ones, you know? So it took me a long time to answer that and to realize, and this is what I, this is the conclusion I came to. And here I was like, you know, in my late 50s, early 60s at this point. And I was like, my whole life, I had flown by the seat of my pants. I never made a logical choice in my life. And I didn't realize that until I answered that question. And then here I am now with the and where are you going? Well, I know where I'm going. I'm going to sit down and make some logical decisions. <laughs> That's where I'm going. Really, it changed the way I responded or acted instead of reacted to things. And my ability to make decisions and to make decisions not just for the betterment of myself, but for the betterment of everybody around me. So that everyone else wasn't getting caught up in my train wreck. That was a hard question to answer. Yeah. It takes a lot of courage. Mm -hmm. It takes a lot of courage to wrestle with this. You know, you think of um, Jacob wrestling with God all night long. I mean, that's the kind of wrestling that we're talking about here. Wrestling to, to answer these things and to go into these these questions. I think it's so valuable you know i'm just just reading through some of the questions you know just they you can just see the potential um i love the who do you say i am you know if writers struggled and wrestled over that question who do you say that i am what a difference it would make in the peace they have on their journey you know that's right and on that story of jacob wrestling at the end of the wrestle, <laughs> there was a question. God asked him a question. Yes. And he said, what is your name? Yes. Because at the beginning of this whole brouhaha, he passed himself off as Esau. Mm -hmm. I am Esau. He said, are, you know, who, are, who is this? I am Esau. And now, oh, this makes me cry every time I think about it. Now, God is saying, what is your name? And he says, I am Jacob. <laughs> you know, he admits being the usurper. Exactly. He admits it. I'm the usurper. I'm the I'm the con man. I'm the scoundrel. And God says, Yeah, you are, but I'm gonna give you a new name. Israel. Mm -hmm. Because you wrestled with God and man and you overcame. Wow. Yeah. That's so <laughs> powerful. I my eyes tear up, my nose clogs up because I just cannot imagine that moment with him. You know that when God said, what is your name? That Jacob went, oh. Yes. <laughs> oh, that's what this is about. Well, yep, I like that. And, you know, I like too when he says, you know, what is that in your hand? Mm -hmm. You know, to Moses. That's 
powerful because what does Moses have? You know, he's just been given this commission, you know, <laughs> go tell Pharaoh to let the people go, <laughs> you know, and here's what you got. You got me, yeah. but you know, also you got this staff. <laughs> you got a staff, but that was the tool of his trade. Right. And he was going to shepherd these people. And that's why I said, this is the tool of our trade is a pen, you know, or, or, or a keyboard. But, you know, are you willing to throw it down? And pick it up in a new and different way, in a way that might be dangerous. Yeah. You know, pick up a snake by its tail, it's going to bite you. Right. Yes. But that's what you're supposed to do. And if you do it in a way that you've never done it before, watch what it's, what I'm going to do with it. Yeah. I'm going to bring it back to its original purpose, and it's going to be powerful. It's going to lead people out of slavery. Well, that's what I want my pen to do. I want my pen, whether I'm writing fiction or nonfiction, to lead people out of the slavery of sin. That's what I want. Yeah. And in response to those questions, the first reaction is fear. Yeah. I mean, the enemy has got us so tied up in fear about exposing ourselves, about speaking the truth of who we are, about saying what we have and fearing that what we have will be taken away. We all need to go back and get solid in our minds, like Aaron said, the answer to who do you say that I am, because this God is not a God who's trying to trick us. He's not a God who's trying to take away the best thing in our lives. He's trying to give us the best if we will let go of mm-hmm. what is less than. Mm-hmm. Right. And and the question, where is your faith? Mm. <laughs> you know, where is your faith? Yeah. We need to ask ourselves that, you know, when when we've got the God of the universe with us as he promises to be, you know, how how does our faith slide? Like where does it go? I mean, it's just these are questions that we need to be pondering. They need to be secure in our heart. I love the way you've been talking, Eva, about that deeper intimacy and going deeper. The answers need to be deep in our hearts. Mm-hmm. You know, I I just, the whole idea that God is asking us these things, so that could happen. <laughs> you know? Or about the time that you think you've answered the question, you realize there's more. And yeah. and that's why I love the journaling. It's because I get to come back to it and come back to it and come mm-hmm. back to it until I just literally poured myself out. And then there are times when, I don't know, months could go by. And all of a sudden, something in that question from three months ago will rise up and it, it'll niggle at my heart. It's like, there's more to answer. There's more to this. And I got to go back to it. And that's okay. Yeah. First time I did a prayer labyrinth, I was on a silent retreat. And as I walked the path and was meditating and praying, it struck me so hard that I was far from the first person to walk this path, that I was walking in the footsteps of countless others who had come to the same place to walk and contemplate and pray and seek God. And I thought, You know, the history, the legacy, both of the prayer labyrinth, but of the family of faith, and that we never have to face these things alone. We have God, of course, but there are so many others that God puts in our path. And as I I put my feet down with each of the changes in each of the, the angles and the turns, I thought, people have been here before, people will come behind. I'm a part of something 
that draws us closer to God. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the thing found. about the, the prayer labyrinth is you do have to watch your feet. Yes. You know, otherwise, you know, you're, you're going to go off course and all of this. And then I, I think about the verse that says, you know, your word is a light into my path and a lamp into my feet. Only right, right. where I'm walking, only right where I'm stem, stepping. Mm-hmm. I can't look beyond right where I am. I've got to yeah. be in that moment. And that's what's so beautiful about a prayer labyrinth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think the silence, we we touched on that a little bit before, but it's so hard to come by. Not just is it hard to come by, but I think our culture is becoming more and more afraid of silence because, you know, for some it's, well, I don't want to hear what I'm going to hear when I'm silent, you know, <laughs> and for others, it's just their noise is just the constant in their lives. And it's it's a distraction. But I feel like it's almost become the great numbing drug, you know, is just this constant noise. So I really like the idea of having that that focused silence um, where you're not getting input from, you know, your phone or yeah. the news or, you know, whatever, you know, you're specifically focusing on just getting input from God. And that's all. I think that's that's a real challenge for us. Uh, well, you know, I say in the in the book, you know, take your phone and turn it to silent and then put it in another room. You know, <laughs> I mean, get away from the darn thing because you will inevitably go, you know, your brain starts thinking about something. You go, huh, I wonder where that is. And now I'm, I'm over here. Checking you know, and Take it off a vibrate too. Don't let it be on vibrate because you no. hear that. <laughs> it could be someone who needs me. <laughs> it's just a testimony to how, and our brains really are being rewired by things like the internet and social media and and all kinds of things like that, where our brains are expecting that constant new thing to stimulate us, and that's. That's a difficulty we need to overcome. And yeah, I think you're right, Eva, that literally putting the phone in another room on silent mm-hmm. or going outside. And you know how many people would actually, we will feel discomfort with that because we're so used to being so connected mm-hmm. to our phone. I Absolutely. know Karen had to go without internet for a while at her house and that must have been brutal. It was awful. Awful. Yeah, yeah. My, you know, we, uh, during Hurricane Ian and I, I live here in Florida, uh, my 15-year-old grandson, uh, I picked him up from, from school uh, maybe a week after Ian, and I asked him, you know, how did you guys do? You know, how did you do? And, and all of this. It was, that was a pretty intense storm. And, and he said, uh, he said, well, we didn't lose electricity, but we lost internet. And I said, oh, I didn't realize you lost internet. He said, oh, my gosh, me, ma, I thought I was going to lose my mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's it's just we're trained. So um, as we're starting to run out of time here, Eva, do you have maybe some final words of wisdom or encouragement that you want to give writers, especially as we're pretty much in the Christmas season? Not a single word. Words <laughs> <laughs> of encouragement. Okay, then. Thanks. Words, I need a word. Uh, Yeah, I just I just posted uh, this picture of a uh, like maybe Shakespearean era writer and with his quill. And you can tell he's just like so intense, like, you know, 
And I said, you know, what what caption would you put under this? And my caption was, word, half my kingdom for a word. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You know, yeah, we're going into the Christmas season. And one of the nice things for those of us who are writers and, and who write for you know, not not just you know for a hobby or, or or hope to be, but our professional writers is that this is kind of the season where everything slows down, and it's nice. It's nice to get away from the frenzy of it all, and just to to take some time and be quiet and reflect. You know, that's what the whole Advent calendar is about, and uh, to think about who came. It was the Word. The Word came. And uh, the word was God and the word was with God. And I love that because it's, all, you know, it's it's all about the spoken word and then the written word. And uh, just take some time to breathe and not get caught up in the frenzy. Take some time to be silent. Um, take some time to ponder uh, the questions that God asks, not just in the Bible, but that he's speaking to your heart during this time as to why he came and the beautiful way he came and who he wants to be in your life? Uh, the, the question that I'm working on right now, I've been, been working on for a little over a week, actually comes from the Easter story. And it was when Jesus was in the garden and uh, the, the guards, the Roman guards and the temple guards, the Roman soldiers and the temple guards uh, came with, of course, Judas into the garden of Gethsemane. And Jesus asked them this question, who is it that you seek? Mm. And they said, Jesus the Nazarene. Now, most most of our translations say that Jesus said, I am he. Uh, it's or like, no, oh, I'm right here. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but the, the original transcript says, I am. Mm. And uh, they, they fell. They, 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 they stumbled back and fell on the ground because he had just declared the holy name of God. I am. Right. And uh, and when they stood up, he asked them again, who is it that you seek? And they said it again, Jesus, the Nazarene. And he said, I told you I am. Mm. And so in other words, why, why are you still right. teaching me? Right. But, but the question led me to who I am is and who do I want I am to be in my life? Am I just seeking all that I am can give to me? Mm. You know, that part of the I am, I am the creator, I am the all, you know, all sufficient one, I am the all-encompassing one, I am the all-giving one. Is that what I want? Or do I want more of what Paul said? I want to know Christ and I want to know his sufferings. I want to know the power of his resurrection, but I want to know his sufferings and be like him in his death. So what part of God am I seeking? Mm. Is it just the easy part or is it the hard part? And then look at what came hmm. on that first Christmas morning, or as we celebrate it, Christmas morning, that, that morning of his birth. Who came? What came? What are you seeking? Just like the shepherds, you know? Yeah. Um, little drummer boy. <laughs> <laughs> All the little animals. <laughs> Who is it that you seek? Mm, I love it. Amen. That's a good question. Yes. But it's a hard yes. question. It is. Well, I hope that everybody who's listening, I hope that all of us, even the three of us here, will take all of this to heart and to seek within ourselves, who is the I am to me? And how do I know him better? And how do I 
come into a place where I accept all of who he is and not just the parts that are easy. Yeah. Thank you, Eva. It's been Thank you. Yes, thank you. Thanks for joining us today. You can find previous episodes and more resources at rightfromthedeep.com. And I bet you know someone who needs this podcast, so please share it with them. So until next time, embrace the deep. Your writing and your life will never be the same. <laughs>